shouldn't have been an adjournment speech, it should have been an apology speech, right? right. Mr Speaker, the member just needs to cheer up. He's left, left the company with a country with a shrinking economy. Hallelujah. That concludes oral questions for the 53rd Parliament. The parliamentary term came to an end this week after a tumultuous three years. As MPs embark on the six-week trek to election night, RNZ's political team speaks to each party about their strategy for the campaign. Kia ora, ko Anika Smitha-ho, a nei te pūrongo tō rangapū mō wiki. Welcome to Focus on Politics. We begin this week's episode with the Labour Party. It's campaigning for a third term, but it will be an uphill battle. The latest One News variant poll showed National and ACT would likely have the numbers to comfortably form the next government. Labour gave voters a taste of its campaign strategy this week, warning them of everything that could be cut or changed under a potential National Act government. Political reporter Katie Scotcher spoke to Labour's campaign chair, Megan Woods. Why is Labour campaigning on fear? We're not campaigning on fear. Do you not think you're scaring voters? Not at all. Campaigns are contests of ideas. Um, Labour has always held the view, and Jacinda did, and Chris certainly does as well, and um, myself as campaign chair, that we will run a positive and a clean campaign. But that does not mean that we will not um, engage in a robust contest of ideas. That's exactly what happens in political campaigns. But the guarantee we make to every New Zealander is that we will play the bull, not the person. Um, That we should be holding um, National and Act to account for the ideas that they're putting out there. How difficult is it going into a campaign, or what is it like going into the campaign with the party polling where it is at the moment? How's morale in terms of volunteers and MPs? Are you going in with, I guess, yeah, MPs, candidates, volunteers, maybe feeling a bit low about your chances? Not at all. Um, that, um, this, uh, the, this is, we know we've got everything to fight for. And that is exactly how we're going into it. We will make thousands and thousands of phone calls indoors. As I said, we've got our largest ever professional paid field campaign that's out there and has been working away. We're seeing volunteers um, in huge numbers come in and want to be part of this campaign. Um, We've got um, candidates who are absolutely committed to getting out there and having that conversation with New Zealanders about why it is so important that they give their two ticks to Labour if we want to concentrate on those things that matter at the moment in terms of cost of living and those kind of immediate things affecting New Zealanders but also to have those long-term plans around tackling climate change around addressing um, how it is that we make sure that we're building adequate infrastructure like hospitals hospitals um, and schools for the future and not having another decade of neglect around those kind of things. So I actually think the campaign is in really good shape and I think that, that, you know, we've been in this situation before, it feels a bit like 2005, there's everything to fight for. Um, We need need to be re-elected so we can ensure the gains we've made are bedded in and we can continue to make those positive changes for New Zealand. The polls don't demotivate Labour? No, as I said, like, I mean, I'm a pragmatist. I look at those polls, and I think people in Labour do, um, that um, it is not surprising we are where we are. Uh, we're about to enter a campaign. Um, that's where we have that contest of ideas. Um, 
And I mean, we, we've had um, national MPs in recent weeks saying this themselves, Michael Woodhouse making the point that really the party vote hasn't shifted for national this year. It's remained pretty much steady. If you draw a, a, a straight line across it, it is, it is pretty flat. It is neck and neck. I mean, there's been, we've seen, you know, a poll a couple of weeks ago that um, put a, a two-party swing of about four points between it. Um, that's kind of margin of error stuff. This is a classic MMP drag race we're entering into, where every vote will count, the field and the ground campaign will be absolutely critical, um, and that's where we've put a lot of energy. On current polling, the National Party is looking like the front-runner in this MMP drag race, but its campaign chair, Chris Bishop, told RNZ's deputy political editor, Craig McCulloch, it's going to be a tight race. MMP elections are always tight. Uh, National had a terrible result in 2020, uh, but we're up on our foils now. Uh, We've released a great uh, tax plan, uh, the back pocket boost, and so we enter the campaign with cautious optimism, but ultimately New Zealanders will get to make the decision on October 14. At a high level, talk me through National's election game plan. Our election game plan is pretty simple, which is to run hard on the economy uh, and our message of getting New Zealand back on track. Uh, Economically, we are in recession. Inflation is high. Debt levels are rising. Households are really doing it tough, and they're being increasingly smashed by a cost-of-living crisis that shows no sign uh, of abating. So our message is to party vote national to rebuild the economy uh, and to take action on law and order and improve health and education, and we'll be talking lots about that over the next six weeks. I mean, that sounds a little bit like Labour losing the campaign rather than National winning it. Well, the National Party has a positive plan for New Zealand's future around rebuilding the economy, uh, investing in infrastructure and transport, investing in climate-friendly and resilient infrastructure as well, Uh, talking about uh, the law and order crisis on our streets and our positive plan to uh, restore law and order to New Zealand, but, but also bring back things like targets in health and education, Uh, getting their education system back on track. We've got a whole series of policies right across uh, different areas that we will be talking about over the next six weeks. We've heard National use the Coalition of Chaos line to pretty pretty great effect, Um, but we've also seen Labour turn that back around on you now, raising the spectre of New Zealand first. How much... How do, you, how do you counter that, given that it is a very real possibility that National might need both ACT and New Zealand First after the election? Well, let's wait and see. Um, some public polls have uh, New Zealand First and Mr Peters above 5%. Others also have them below 5%. At the moment, it's a bit of a hypothetical question. At the end of the day, New Zealanders will get to make that judgment uh, on October 14. But Winston Peters and New Zealand First are not in Parliament currently, uh, and many polls have them not making it back into Parliament. Um, what is undoubtedly true is that there will be a Labour Party and a Green Party and Te Pāti Māori in Parliament after the election. Uh, and what we're saying is that a government made up of those constituent parts uh, would be a chaotic government and it would be a high-taxing, high-spending government. And that's the most important point. Uh, and uh, if New Zealanders want a wealth tax, then they can vote for Labour and the Greens. But actually, if they want a tax cut, uh, meaningful tax relief, uh, then they have the option of the National Party. We would encourage them to party vote national. Labour is also clearly pushing for a more presidential style this election. They're clearly banking that in a face-off between Chris Hipkins and Christopher Luxon, Chris Hipkins comes out on top. What do you say to that? Well, the Labour Party's got no track record to run on and they don't have a positive plan for the future. So what they're doing at the moment is just making stuff up about the National Party and spreading scurrilous lies and attacks about the National Party in a relentless campaign of flagrant misinformation uh, and negativity. Uh, And their mates in the union movement are doing the same thing as well. Just this week they've launched a... a, uh, 
uh, a campaign against Christopher Luxon. Um, frankly, it's pretty disreputable, and um, they don't have six years of a good track record to defend, so they're just going to attack the National Party. We're very proud of our uh, campaign and proud of our policies that we've released uh, so far. Christopher Luxon's doing an outstanding job as Leader of the Opposition, and he will make an outstanding Prime Minister, and I think one of the things that New Zealanders will see over the next few weeks is just what a great Prime Minister he, he can, and, and I believe and, and hope he will be. The ACT Party is National's likely governing partner and is set to grow its caucus again after October the 14th. Its leader, David Seymour, spoke to our political editor, Jane Patterson. How do you approach a campaign where on polling you could put a a government together with National, it it puts you in a specific position in terms of how the electorate sees you or, or might have questions for you. So does that make any difference to you as you hit the campaign trail? Look, our strong preference is that after this election we'll have a tight working relationship between ACT and National around the Cabinet table implementing a work program to turn this country around. That's what we need right now as New Zealanders. Um, but, you, you know, that relies on, first of all, the voters have to endorse us, so we'll go and make our pitch uh, to them. And it also means the Nats have to want to play ball, and uh, that's also new territory. So all I can say is we, we know what our values are. Um, we know that our long-term survival as a party uh, depends on us being true to those values. Um, and so you won't see us selling out to get the baubles. You will see us um, sticking tightly to values and policies that we believe New Zealand needs. What about the crossbenchers? I think this is an interesting alternative that has been raised probably more in, in this as we approach this campaign than, than other elections. What's your view on how that could work in terms of some of these alternative arrangements and the willingness of your party to sit on the crossbenchers if, if that's where you felt that you needed to be? Yeah, look, I mean, it's not our preferred scenario, but there is a possibility that, you know, the Nats are not prepared to truly share power. They don't agree with us about the magnitude of change that is required for New Zealand to turn itself around. And so we basically say, OK, well, Chris, you know, we promised we'd support a change of government, so you'll be the Prime Minister, but we're going to sit down at the end of Parliament and you'll need to come and talk to us about every single vote. That will be gruelling and, and challenging, no question, um, but we're prepared to do it if the alternative is taking the baubles of office and letting our voters in New Zealand down. So, yep, we're, um, I've done it before. I turned down being a minister to do end-of-life choice uh, and I'm you know, getting drummed to our team that we may have to do that again uh, to achieve our real goal, which is not you know, getting a title or a limo, but actually making New Zealand a better place. Another minor party with its sights set on the cabinet table is the Greens. Its co-leader James Shaw told political reporter Giles Dexter his party's going into the campaign in great shape. This is my sixth general election campaign in a row, and I think that the Green Party is in the best shape that we have been in for as long as I have been running general election campaigns. You know, we've spoken to somewhere between 30 and 40,000 New Zealanders in person already. And I don't just mean we've knocked on their doors, I mean we've had actual conversations with somewhere between 30 and 40,000 people already. Um, we're running really strong campaigns to win seats, not just in to keep Chloe in Auckland Central, but in Wellington Central and in um, Rongatai and others as well, um, where we think we've got a chance in, you know, probably one, two, three of those uh, of those new seats too. We've got more volunteers on the ground. Um, you know, I think our the policy packages that we've put out and said, hey, if we're in, in a chance to do anything about it, people are responding to those. You know, you can see that our polling is tracking up. So we're in great shape. 
um, ultimately, uh, if people want us to be in government and put those things into place, it's kind of up to them to vote for us. So what, what is your vision, your ideal goal for next term? Look, I'll give you two answers to that. I'll give you the, the, the answer around climate change first, because obviously that's my kind of ministerial portfolio and I've been, I've been working on. You know, we have just started the momentum building on decarbonising our economy and starting to get some action around what it takes to build up some resilience to the effects of climate change like Cyclone Gabrielle and so on. Um, I think it is going to take the next term to really get that momentum going so that it then becomes a, a kind of an inevitability uh, in terms of the, of the future direction of the economy towards that zero carbon uh, future that we're all kind of aiming for. At the same time, you know, like I said, if you look at the great challenges that we also have around biodiversity and endemic poverty in this country, we have not solved those problems with incremental action. You know, in fact, every time you choose to try and solve a problem incrementally, what you're actually choosing to do is to keep the problem in place. So, for example, you know, we've done great work in the last two terms, lifting about 30,000 kids out of poverty and ensuring that families are able to pay their kind of basic um, bills. There are still 45,000 children who are living in poverty and whose families cannot pay those basic bills. So why would you only solve one-third of the problem? Why not solve the whole problem? It's a political choice. And choosing not to solve the whole problem is actually choosing to keep those people in poverty. So, you know... That's why we say that the time is now, because those people cannot wait any longer. Te Party Māori may hold the balance of power come election night. I asked co-leader Debbie Ngarewa-Packer how the co-leaders would approach negotiations. I think in the last three years we've made comment that someone will have to come knocking because it's just too close. And from our perspective, um, our in fact you said on our um, billboard we've got a kuaha, we've got a door that reflects um, Aotearoa Ho. From our perspective, it will be a values-based discussion and um, nothing will, will move from that values. We had to, and we've experienced what it's like to have the movement out um, and to have uh, Te Party Māori out for three years and so we know that we have to look at the bigger picture for the movement, not necessarily the three-year transaction relationships that, that governments need. So ours will be values-based and it'll be the future um, well-being of the movement that'll be our priority, yeah. Are you concerned that Winston Peters, New Zealand First, might hold the kingmaker position as opposed to yourselves? I don't think we've ever thought of ourselves as an official kingmaker, yeah. Really? Yeah, no, we keep hearing it. We sort of have, Robert and I have little giggles to ourselves because we're like, I think we see ourselves as a movement that's grown and a people's movement and um, something that reflects... You know, transformational change in Aotearoa. So we, um, I guess, if that if that happens, we'll probably yeah be extremely humbled. But we've never seen that as being our, our end game. So I guess that's why we don't really wear that label well. Mm. What is your ideal result come October the fourteenth? A bigger caucus? Oh, oh my god! Yeah, definitely a big. I mean, my ideal goal is that we have a biggest, more staff. <laughs> Um, and more resourcing and absolutely uh, a bigger caucus um, because I think that's what our people deserve after the support that they've given us for the last three years. I mean, it's just been amazing. But I also um, would like to see that, you know, however it lands, that it lands with a government that doesn't have anything like act near it. 
How the cards land on election night is ultimately up to voters. MPs are now hitting the campaign trail, with Labour and National officially launching their campaigns in Auckland this weekend. New Zealand's 53rd Parliament will be formally dissolved on the 8th of September. That's Focus on Politics. Thanks for joining us. Mā te wā.